Yo, what's going on, folks? Had to do a little pre-podcast check-in with you guys. I don't even know what that is. Uh, as you can maybe kind of tell, I'm a little stuffed up. Have a little bit of a congestion issue I've been doing with the last few days. Um, this is a really old podcast uh, recorded over a few days, a few sessions, about a few weeks, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now, I don't know. Um and there was a lot of topics, a lot of shit that's been happening. Uh, couldn't get a really chance to put it all together and finish it in one setting. So, uh, and I've just been holding on to this. Um, just had to let you know. Just went to Vegas for some work. Went to that SEMA Auto Convention. That was cool. So I was out of town for a few days. And then came back. And then I'm all stuffed up. And I wanted to, you know, touch bases with you guys uh, over the weekend, unfortunately. Because, uh, yeah, right now it's uh, Wednesday, November 13th. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'll play the podcast. It's going to be a lot of, uh, talking about, uh, you know, what's been going on recently. It's a lot of the news and yeah, you'll, you'll get into it. You'll get into it pretty much. You read the description. You've been following along. Y'all know how this is. You've been here before. You know what's up. And for everybody who's new, uh, welcome, tune in. As you can see, shit's kind of hectic, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, besides that, I do want to say shout out to the, the Say Cheese um podcast that do a little show um on the balcony of uh, or the patio of the horse thief uh barbecue on grand central and i got the feature last night had a good time had a very good time um so yeah shout out to um all of them uh let me give all the uh not forget anybody you feel me i don't want to uh yes at say cheese pod for sure um yeah and then jeff buck funny as buck at funny as buck uh so shout out to jeff too for having me on it was a fun one and we had a good time uh yeah let me see if there's anything else i'm missing here nope let's just get right into the show all right thanks for tuning in Chee. Oh, sorry, one last thing. I am actually going to the Raider game this next weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we'll be back in uh, the 209, so hit me up. What's up? Um, yeah, going to be a good one. All right, enjoy the show. Flame. She remembered the name. This easy baby, January, December the same. Mama 
I will close it down with like that. That was some Wheezy Fireman off the Carter 2. Little throwback action to get things going. It might be a little apropos. We'll talk about the news and what's going on locally out here on the West Coast, out in Cali, up and down the coast. We'll get into that shit. But you are tuned in to the Puro Caballero Show. This is episode numero 66 in fuego. It is hot. Hotter than steam. It is on fire out here. Um, in November, it is getting late. And yeah, the temperature still ain't dropping. It's getting, making my body feel all over the place. Because it'll be cold during the day for like a few days. And then it'll just hop back up and then yo-yo back and forth. At least for the last few weeks since we last touched in on you. Uh, with you, I need to introduce myself. I ain't even said it yet. It's the Masa Pantan himself, the Bigote Boss, aka the Cholo Charles Barkley, your boy Mario Caballero himself, live in the building. And we got a plethora of discussion topics to go over. Um, one of the things I gotta mention right off the top, unfortunately, um, we lost a legend recently. R.I.P. to John Witherspoon, the great actor, comedian, overall very funny person. He was a major, major uh, player in a lot of cultural hit movies in the 90s and in the 80s even too. He was that dude that just like always showed up and had uh, a couple lines that always stole it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, let me give you some of his IMDb. The biggest, the biggest thing he's known as, uh, known for, is, I mean, outside of his comedy, just his stand-up would be his uh, acting work on the Friday movies, on that whole thing. I mean, playing pops, he was just, he had the funniest scenes. He had some of them. Oh man, he was, it was awesome. Uh, gave him some funny scenes, but also some poignant ones too, which makes it like, uh, you know. Makes it all the better that uh, Ice Cube got to write that role for him. Hmm. Oh, boy. So that was a tough one. So I just got to say condolences to him and his family. I know I follow his son, J.D. Witherspoon, who's also a very funny guy. I saw him on the Rogan's podcast with his pops, and he does the funny. He did the funniest impression of him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. It's a tough one. Yeah, he was in Little Man, Little Nicky, Black Jesus. His role in Black Jesus was really fucking funny. Playing a little crackhead, local crackhead. Let's see, Bojack Horseman. I got the hookup one and two. Um, yeah, he showed up in a lot of stuff, man. It was a voice, Black Dynamite. He's in a lot of stuff. The Boondocks played Granddad. That was another one of his, like, really more well-known speaking roles because he's just uh not only an actor on screen but could you know voice a lot of characters he was uh soul plane the proud family that's right kim possible jam he was just all over the place dr doolittle too 
the ladies man he's in there i think he was a bartender if i'm not mistaken i got the hookup like so many of these movies and shows they just pop in and out fresh prince martin like all these classics baby's kids boomerang my goodness, house party. I'm gonna get you, sucker. So many. Looking at just credits from like the 80s. Hill Street Blues, like. Amen. Frank's Place. Like, yeah, all these little small roles. As most people do. Man, Boondocks level. Man, so yeah, I gotta give my condolences. Uh, Comedy World lost a legend, so R.I.P. to John Witherspoon. I wish him and his family nothing but the best and all the remorse and everything towards them. I know they're gonna definitely miss him. And I guess we might as well speak on the comedy tip because that's been my hustle recently, trying to get more involved. Um, bear in mind, I'm also in the middle of doing laundry, so we might have to do a couple breaks here. This might have to be a, a two or three parter stitched together because I got a lot of shit to talk about. Anyway, so I did some comedy recently. Uh, went to the DTLA crawl again. Hit a couple of those, which was pretty funny. Had a good set over uh, outside the <laughs> Grand Central Market. Didn't get a free beer this time, but hey, you know, you want some, lose some. Had some pupusas, which was fucking bomb. And yeah, so might be able to see me out there in a few weeks we'll see how that goes uh i may or may not have a, another showcase at the haha ha, so please hit me up at, via dm if uh, you're interested i can give you the details and all that um i think it'll be next friday i may or may not have it but just hit me up if you're interested so i can kind of gauge my availability because i'm gonna be kind of busy next week I'll be out in Vegas at the SEMA Auto Convention for my job ski. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully pretty fun. I think I'll have a good time. I'll see why not. Um, cut the windows on this. I'm a little less self-conscious about motherfuckers hearing my conversation. There we go. Nice little breeze. We're getting it. Alright, let me see what else. Yeah, um, where else have I done stand-up? I was out in Bert's back room. Shout out to the homie Mike Lee. Ran into him. See him everywhere. Um, a few other folks. Um, oh yeah, shout out to homie Nick. Nick K. Carodine. Yes. Uh, excuse me. He's got the ultra... Hello, ethnic ass last name. You know who you are. What's up, man? If you're listening, probably not. So whatever. We are gonna shout out people who we want to. E. Let's see, Nick. How many Nicks do I follow? Shit. Holy shit. Well, fuck. All right. Let's see how that goes. 
Damn. Okay. Uh, I think I would chat it on Facebook. This is riveting podcast topics right here. Riveting. Riveting. <laughs> Nick Carey Doyanis. That's who I meant. That's who I'm talking about. Shout out to you, Nick. Um, yeah, he threw me off. He had a dyed hair and shaved his beard. So I was just like, yo. I was like, throw me the fuck off. Uh, said very nice. I like. Yes, he was Um, Sorry, I'm getting distracted. What am I doing on Instagram? I need to talk about some other shit. Oh, yeah, comedy mics. I might try to finesse a mic out in the Bay Area if I'm there during Thanksgiving time. That might be doable proposition. So if you're back home, hit me up if you know about anything. Um, on a, I'm on a couple groups, like, following some posts and seeing what's available upcoming. So I'll keep you all posted about that as we move forward. But, yeah, just kind of grinding, doing my thing. Um... Let me see what else. Hit up the fourth wall out in North Hollywood. That was interesting. Oh, yeah, I got a DJ for um, a uh, <laughs> a comedy show. That was an interesting one. It's called uh, Make Comedy Great Again. And it was put on by this guy who's running as... Um, yeah, man. Uh Republican for I think Senate or something challenging Adam Schiff I don't know how that's gonna go for him best of luck bro um, but yeah it was a fun time shout out to homie Austin seen him at a few mics too saw him at the Bang Bang Room too uh, shout out to uh, the homie Rich also he did some time everybody else who I met there too Whose names I'm blanking on at the moment. But yeah. Just got to play some music for a little bit. It was a little bit of a hectic environment. But we made it work. As always. I enjoy like the. And comedians kind of put people off guard. And stuff like that. I get like. I laugh at that. But sometimes the people in the audience. Weren't feeling it all the time. So that was like kind of interesting. That was an experience in and of itself. And then the next day. uh, On Sunday. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention it's Halloween time, folks. It is we're it's November second, so Halloween was like a couple days ago, technically on Thursday. But your boy's got life, so I couldn't really be hitting the bars and going out there because I did that shit over the weekend. You know, feel me? You know what I'm saying? You had a shake my dig. Um, oh, ignore the loud ass alarm. <sighs> yeah, so then I got to do a little comedy comedy gig out in Studio City on that, uh, whatchamacallit, that Sunday, Sunday before um, Halloween. Had a had a good time, but it was, uh, so it was all right, it was all right, and I got to, uh, work on my impressions a little bit, I don't know if I, uh, hit them off 100%, everybody got it, <laughs> but it's all good, I was trying to dressing up as the Cholo Charles Barkley or whatever, and, uh, had some, uh, 
technical issues and shit like that to begin with. So it, it happens. It happens. You know. We make it work. Try to win the audience back. I don't know if I got there, but it's a it's a learning experience. Just gotta keep it moving one step forward, move past it, learn from it. So that's where I'm at at the moment. And yeah, hit me up. Be trying to see the progress, the work I'll be doing. Be like uh, trying out a lot of different material. Which from a lot of different people I, I like hang with is not necessarily as common. That's just like my flavor. I just kind of like put it in a set together, like kind of randomly seeing what goes well together, what I can kind of finish with, what I can begin with, what goes good in the middle, what can I open up, depending on like what type of room, who I'm performing in front of, you know, not everybody wants to hear the same thing, so I get it, uh, so yeah, I like to sharpen the skill and be like a little versatile in that regard, more so than maybe have enough uh a, a down pat set which i don't know if that's like the best thing i should do or not but i'm i'm experimenting going with some stuff i had a like a couple different routines that i've been working on that i think uh have been doing pretty well it depends on the uh the environment at that patio mic that i did out there at grand central i, I think it, it hit off really well but then I did it at some bars and stuff, and it's, like, maybe not the same environment. Because that was actually some real people out there sitting in the patio, and I was making laugh and having a good time. It's always a diverse crowd at Grand Central Market, so I think that helped me a little bit in that regard. Um, versus just doing it in front of com- uh, comics. Like, some of the shit seems kind of hacky sometimes. And people are just thinking about what they're going to say, so... And not necessarily open to that. That's why I feel like, for me, getting a little hot, a little loaded before going to the mics makes it easier to bear the other acts if they're hidden or if they're not. And just, like, be a little more supportive that way and a little bit more patient. Because I know people who go in and they either be sober or they just drink and stuff like that and they just get impatient. And start, like, a little, little bit whining, a little bit of complaining, I hear. Which is natural. That's a human reaction. I get it. But uh, for me, I feel like I'm a little more tolerant and, like, forthgiving of, like, people trying stuff and, like, going for it. And, like, I kind of I understand, like, the process of where they're coming from and trying to, like, land with the, with the jokes. And I kind of punch it up myself sometimes. And sometimes what that works is if I, like, uh, I come in and, like, I, I mention something another comic said and I tag it up and punch it up. Sometimes that, that, does, uh, that does well. Uh, it shows people you're paying attention, and, uh, um, yeah, it just lets you, like, freestyle a little bit off the top to be get going. I kind of like doing that from time to time. I've had some good sets at the Bang Bang Room just doing that. I like, uh, you know, being a little versatile. It's just, like, not every environment's gonna be the same. It's one of the things I'm kind of learned from listening to a lot of different, uh, comedians talk on their podcast all these comics are just like yeah man like you gotta know how to hit kill a room in uh, a bunch of different environments and stuff so it was one of the fun th- funny things about the conservative show or whatever that we did it was like the crowd was not down with like how diverse necessarily the lineup was it was so fucking funny and the people just were like kind of the comics were needling them about it 
a little bit. It was like two or three black dudes and then like uh, a Middle Eastern guy, gay guy, gay white dude. <laughs> like, and so, uh, and then a uh, French accent dude, which was like, uh, he had a good set there. Saw him at the other spot too the next night. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea, but I could dig it. So, like I said, gotta be a little loaded. A little loaded. Um, yeah, shout out to, I think, what was his name? John? Uh, hold on. John Hollis, Republican. Shout out to him. Hooked it up with a nice bottle of, uh, Don Julio. You know what I like. So, that's how you win me over. Then a little cashish. So, we'll see. We'll see what's up. Give him shout outs. Uh, yeah, man. I'm gonna take a break. We'll get back in just a second. Talk a little music and then news and then sports and then other news. Alright? Sounds like a plan. Alright, and through the magic powers of editing, we are back. And it is the future now. Which is still the past for you. But, you know what I mean. It is now Monday the 4th. Yeah, so pretty much... Had to get back, get ready for that UFC, that boxing, like I was saying. And then Sunday, I had to chill. I need my Sundays, man. Just needed my Sundays. Could have done this yesterday, but needed. I, I need that day. Need a little bit of time. So, all right. We're talking about some NBA stuff, right? Right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, last time we checked, we are talking about... Last Kings victory they got. Um, since then, they played yesterday. Mopped up the Knicks. Um, yeah, De'Aaron Fox showed out at MSG. That was nice to see. And they had a three point, 30 point lead at one point. So, a couple wins in a row for Sacramento. Way to fucking go. Let's do this. Uh, they need to hit that hot streak because. Did not get off to the right uh, start there that they're looking for. All right, we keep it moving. Uh, Warriors, man, on the downslope at the current moment. Ooh, they've had a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of bad luck go their way. Start off the season getting rolled against the Clippers. They just can't stop anybody on defense. And it was kind of crazy is Kawhi got the last win at Oracle because he won for Toronto. And he got the first win at the Chase Center. Um, so that's kind of a neat, neato stat right there. But yeah, since then, obviously he's no clay for the foreseeable future. Uh, Steph Curry broke his hand a couple games ago. He's going to be out at least three months, if not longer. Hand injuries, you can never really tell. So that's going to be a tough one. I think Draymond Green hurt some ligaments in his one of his fingers too. Um, <laughs> he might miss a few games. So it's looking rather thin now for the Warriors. They're gonna, mm, they're gonna have a struggle season, which might not be the worst ultimate scenario. It's a shit proposition to be in when you're going to the finals every year, but you know, getting a reset, being able to draft the 
good young player. That can do some things for teams. Uh, sometimes you get lucky with the ping pong balls. I think it would be ridiculous if they would reward the Warriors with like uh, another superstar player, but this time a younger one, one in the making, or one with potential to have one. So for that scenario, I hope I hope they get like I guess a middle middle of the pack pick, but. Yeah, it's going to be uh, tough sledding for them the rest of the season. D'Angelo Russell still at the at the helm currently, but he's not known for his defense, and they're going to be leaning on Draymond quite a bit. So who knows how that's going to be up and running? So yeah, like we said, Clay. I think they announced before the season started that he's likely going to be done for the whole year. They're holding out hope that he can maybe return towards the end of the season, but that's like being optimistic. And then with the knee injury, even though you can technically run and be on the court, you're never fully back to where you were until a longer time than that. And so there's that, that weird period where you're physically present, but like your skill set is just, it's, it's not there. Like, technically, you could do everything you can, but you're not, you're doing, like, 80% of it, you know? So, to get back to, like, 90 plus, 95 plus percent, it takes sometimes over a year, sometimes two years, depending on the guy. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. So, Warriors fans, I really hope you guys appreciated the shit out of what the hell you guys did recently, because... That's no joke, man. That run this Dubs team's put up, put together got enhanced crazy when they got Durant, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, you look in the, in the record books and, like, what they did and the style of how they did it, it's kind of, kind of out there, man. All right, where were we? So, yeah, Dubs been getting rolled, though. They've been getting rolled on this year. They do have that new building, that Chase Center. I wonder how it is. I don't even talk to anybody who's been to that yet. Mostly because people can't afford to go to damn Warriors games, at least for the last few seasons. Those tickets were freaking steep. I ain't a Dubs fan either, too, so... I actually never went to Oracle to see concert or a Warriors game or anything like that. Never been to never been to Oracle. Been to the Coliseum a whole bunch of times. Never been to Oracle. So I don't know if I ever will now. Unless I guess to see a concert there or something. Uh who knows what they'll do with that because uh that whole property, the the A's and City of Oakland, they've been battling over that. See who controls it. All right, let's move on. Brooklyn, what is up with Kyrie? This dude is a crazy talent, but it's just so up and down. You know, like emotionally, his temperament and all that, man. He dropped 50 against Minnesota 
in overtime a couple uh, games back, but they still lost the game, which is kind of like an embodiment kind of of where his career's been since pretty much he left uh, Cleveland. Nets getting frustrated at his moodiness. There's been reports about stuff like that. Every little thing that you see that comes out of it about like uh, Coach Atkinson and <laughs> like what he says, what he's kind of addressing the team. It's kind of like I think he's addressing the sentiments more directed towards Kyrie if he's listening, which I don't know if he is or not, or if he cares. Because you, you can't really tell. With a temperament like that, it's just like... I don't know. It's difficult to, to work with that person like that for over a long period of time. You might be able to make it work in the short term or in the interim, but after a while, that kind of wears on you, regardless of how talented a person is. So, yeah. Yeah, they're just... Get used to the to the wearing to the weariness, I guess. Weariness, I don't know. What the you get used to that kind of situation, or shit changes you. Um, but yeah, so they're kind of tied to him now, just because they're waiting on that KD train to come on by next season. And KD's been kind of. Backing him up in the media and all that stuff too. She kind of has to at this point. Kind of like sign their futures together. So I don't know what Brooklyn is gonna look like. It's just like he he's he <laughs> talks a lot about like the culture and the character and everything in front of him, but then at the same time, it's like you're still gonna do you. You know. Like, he's not going to change his playing style to to fit necessarily how they were playing. Like, they might still play that way without him on the court, but, or to a certain degree. But if you're, like, one of those top players, more often than not, um, the style of play and the offense kind of shifts towards your style of play. I don't know. I feel like that's maybe more so recently, I'd say. I mean, the best uh, examples of that are just guys like Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony. It's like when their uh, abilities kind of suffer, they can't, or it's like difficult transition to some of them to kind of make, to be... A cog in the whole piece instead of like the spoke in the wheel you know what I'm saying you're just you're like uh or you're not the centerpiece you're this you're your spoke or you know a rivet or some shit you know I don't know the fucking metaphor if that's necessary I'm just talking to circles Kyrie you're just making people talk nonsense because we're trying to figure this shit out, and I don't know if it's figure outable, <laughs> like to be quite frank. So he's kind of out there. I don't know how they're gonna deal with it. Mm, yeah, I mean, they figured it out with D'Angelo, 
they might be able to do with Kyrie. But the funny thing I saw too was like Atkinson was uh, putting up cue cards, like college football style, like on the sideline to show like the defensive assignment or something. Something tells me that he's talking to to Kyrie about that stuff because I feel like he could yell, "We're running." X3, X3, X3 a million times and Kyrie's still not going to run X3, you know what I'm saying? He's still going to do whatever he wants. So if this fool like tries to put him on blast, low-key low-key put him on blast like put him on blast internally to like everybody and like say hey like to everybody in the know they're like hey man, this is what I'm dealing with I feel like that's kind of what that that was uh, that he was doing I got like that little update on my sports app, and I was just like, "Dog, <laughs> this full of thing is dogging him." That's kind of how I took it. it. I could be, I could be wrong. Could be directed to other players or just the team in general. But that's my gut, and that's my assumption of how that that kind of scenario is playing out. So uh, I'm not sure if people have read into it quite like that, but. That's me. That's what I'd be doing. So I th- I feel like there's gonna be uh, a point when it's uh, they're gonna come to a head, and it's gonna be probably ending with Atkinson without a job because like ninety percent of the time that's how it ends up in the NBA. Starting all the way back, I don't know. The one I know of for sure, for sure, is Magic Johnson in the 80s getting Paul Westhead fired from the Lakers. Uh, I th- want to say there was some in the 70s. I want to say like Will Chamberlain, maybe with the Sixers or the Philadelphia Warriors. Maybe the San Francisco Warriors. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's been others. There's been other scenarios. I'm sure there's a lot more I'm missing. But yeah, that should be happening. In other sports, not quite as much, especially football. Football is like, when you're like one piece of the whole puzzle, it's a lot more difficult to kind of have that one person's control. I guess unless you're the QB. if It's like, I don't know, it doesn't happen very very frequently. All right, let's move on. Uh, James Harden and the Rockets, they're kind of an interesting bunch, man. Because, you know, talking about defensive problems. Ooh, putting Westbrook and Harden out there, just kind of loafing. So, big game James. He put up, I don't know if you should call him that. But freaking, um, Harden puts up 59, though. They had a 159-158 win against the Wizards. And this was a regulation. There's no overtime involved. This is in a... Um, what is it? 48-minute game. No. 40 minutes? What is it? How many minutes are we playing? It's 12 in football. 15. 60-minute game. I'm fucking loaded. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because they play 20 minutes halves in college basketball. They play 48 minutes. 48. I'm tripping. Uh, I don't know why we went down that hole. Anyway, yeah, Harden put up 59, man. Put up 59. I was watching some of those highlights the other day, but uh, it's it's impressive. He kind of just does his thing. It's just like repetitive, repetitive, repetitive thing. Just dribble the crap out of somebody, find somebody open, gets to the hoop, finishes. Gets a lot of fouls. Hits his jumpers. I mean, yeah, like on paper, he's got the ingredients for everything you'd want to see. But then sometimes you're watching it and you're just like, the way he does it, it's just like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes just like that effortless and it's too effortless. It's getting real picky. So, yeah, that shit happened. Uh, giving up a lot of points. So that not a good recipe for the playoffs. Things get tight. Tight, tight, tight. And if you have, don't have the ability to clamp down on like a couple key moments and makes it all the tougher. Alright. Moving on. This is the closest thing we've gotten to like a brawl in NBA in a little while. We had Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns kind of getting into a little bit of a tussle, a brouhaha, a Dunnybrook. Um, <laughs> not really. They kind of got into like a little scrum. And there were some words, and there's been a little history. Embiid has kind of clowned Cat in the past because Cat's defense has not been there. And Embiid has put up numbers against him. And so they come into the game, and I think this is in Philly if I'm not mistaken. And it's like behind the play. There's like a fast break and, you know, the ball's moving down the court or whatever. A turnover is what it was. It was a turnover. And instead of going down the court, these fools are just like jockeying with each other. They like, you know, get into kind of a shoving match or whatnot. They're kind of holding on to each other. There's no real punches being thrown. Just like wildly swinging arms and then people racing in. And what was funniest, the funniest thing that happened is Ben Simmons got up on Carl Anthony Towns' back at like the, because they fell over and they got to the floor. <laughs> Simmons is on his back and he's got like one arm on a triangle choke on him. <laughs> uh like a rear naked choke. Uh <laughs> and there's this moment where Towns is like on his knees and he falls down to the floor and he puts puts his hand down and he freaking taps one time <laughs> and Simmons lets it go and then gets off of him. And I think that shit was like so crazy. It's like Really see like uh, MMA moves on the NBA court now. Uh, I think this was training with uh, any of the fighters down there, with Mark Hunt or somebody, with Whitaker, one of those crazy, crazy Aussies or Kiwis down under. 
Shout out to Adesanya. Dude's on top now. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was funny. He didn't get any uh, fines or suspensions. Only two dudes got fined were Embiid and uh, and Towns. So are uh, <laughs> suspended, and then Embiid like is like milking it like a like a, a couple people say like a WWE hill or something just like getting the crowd hyped and and, and like super uh you know jumping up and up and down like the crowd was going insane they were going wild after that that little little scuffle and <laughs> this fool was like pumping his arms up in the air uh keeps on talking clapping and stuff like that and as he's walking as he like is ejected from the game is walking through the tunnel you see, Carl <laughs> uh, Anthony Towns' parents are in the stands <laughs> right there by the tunnel, flipping him off, giving him the bird <laughs> as he's running back there. And kind of ballsy for them to be, you know, as I guess the uh, opposing team's uh, colors <laughs> and, and to be expressing themselves in that regard and in Philadelphia. Granted, I didn't think anything of that nature too crazy would be going off inside of an NBA arena. But Philly does have a reputation. I have seen videos of some Flyer fans getting into some wild shit. Um, I think it was last year. Uh, Yeah, during a game. So I wouldn't put past people. Uh, Takes one to no one. Shout out to Raider Nation. Um... Yeah, man. Yeah, but that was that was a wild scene, wild ass scene. So shit get a little chippy. Uh, they don't play each other until a while because it's a uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. I think they play. They don't. They don't play until like the second half of the year or something. This will be in Minnesota for the rematch. Um, this just in: Philly's a pretty pretty good team. Yeah. We'll see. Simmons can take a 12-footer. A or if he's just going to, you know, continually be that guy. Just don't got that range, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see what happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bobby Porter's had a revenge game. Uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a funny one. I think he was playing the Bulls, I'm going to say. He's been on a couple teams now. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I wrote that down because it was interesting and funny. It's like of all people, like Bobby Portis having a revenge game. But yeah, I think he did. It's like we play your ex team for the first time, and you kind of got beef, or they've either traded you, or didn't give you a contract offer, so that you kind of feel slighted by them. Hmm. All right, moving on. Taco Fall uh, got a injury, was in the concussion protocol recently because he apparently bumped his head on a low ceiling. This fool is like 7'7". So a low ceiling is just uh, probably where there's like recessed lighting hanging from it or some shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Some crazy shit. I don't know. There's like uh, exposed pillars and shit, he probably bumped his head on one of those. Um, yeah, that's just 
a problem that the majority of the people who are listening to this are probably not going to have in their lifetime, myself included. Like, if you're shorter than Kenny Beats, then I don't think you could, uh, that's usually a problem. Unless, I guess, you're living in, like, a, a, I've heard at for some people, if you live in certain Asian countries, that they're, the people tend to be a little smaller, and therefore, uh, shit is, uh, not designed for people who are, like, the U.S. normal-sized people. Yeah, does that make sense? Um, yeah I've heard of that in other like parts of the world too I feel like it just happens to like a lot of people who are just malnourished and yeah there's large numbers of places where that's kind of the case Uh, unfortunately I think like the biggest uh example like recently that I, I remember is like North Korea and South Korea like the average size of the population in South Korea is just a lot bigger because I think that people are healthier and have a better diet I would say but yeah how do we get down this rabbit hole I don't know taco fall he hit his head and then he got a concussion protocol but he's okay now um, DeAndre Ayton second game of the season it's like before the second game I think he played like one game he beat the Kings and then just like got a uh, wham you got served with a suspension 25 games apparently had a substance abuse uh, like policy flag or whatever they're saying that he had a diuretic in his system DeAndre Ayton uh, with the diet why do you have a diuretic well most of the times when you have a diuretic it's uh, an agent that uh, helps masks for actual shit you be using. So, I mean, did he not take the shit correctly and then the diuretic was too much in the system when it happened? Or, like, he took it with, you know, didn't time it right? I think one of the biggest cap secrets in professional sports, I think, is the, the PED usage in certain sports versus others and like how they get viewed in certain lights players get popped for roids in football and people are like whatever about it at this point people do it in baseball and you become a pariah they don't even mention basketball which is i think kind of like a hmm because there's some dudes where you're just like if somebody told me that they did i wouldn't be surprised i've talked about it before too so uh, but yeah, I don't know what Agent Aiden's doing or whatnot. I just know what I've been told, and I know what has happened in the past, and I could put two and two together. So like, I don't know. Like, why else would he need a diuretic like that? Uh, trying to dilute his system. Um. Yeah, man. Let me see here. One of the the young players who I was excited to see this season, Zion Williamson. We're not gonna see him for a while. Uh, still has a few more weeks on the mend. He tore his meniscus and got surgery prior to the beginning of the season. The diagnosis was six to eight weeks, but meniscuses are very weird, weird injuries. Kind of 
might be a little while before he starts feeling closer to 100%. Maybe a month longer after that. And being a rookie, still got to adjust to the NBA and all that. Uh, hopefully he's kept his weight relatively in check because he was getting a little big, according to some people, some reports. And it'd be interesting to see if he can play at that weight at the NBA or if he's got to make some changes. He's like the modern-day Chuck. He's like the explosive Chuck. Chuck was explosive, but, like, a little bigger. So we'll see if his frame can hold up. Wish him all the luck. Let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, Mike's Prince was critical of the NBA. Nike over the China whole row. Yeah, I was getting shit. It was a little, getting a little political. We talked about it a lot last episode. It was... Uh, a big, big shit show over the whole Hong Kong thing, Daryl Morey, et cetera, et cetera. Go listen to the last episode of the podcast. So, yeah, Vice President Pence was getting his uh, two cents in. He was uh, saying that, like, the almighty dollar is a lot more po- a lot more uh, powerful than uh, American ideals in fr- in, uh, of, like, free speech and, uh, you know, you know, freedoms and all all that jazz which i mean does make sense but at the same time coming from where he's coming from it's like yeah y'all need to abide by that domestically too you know there's uh I don't know. Everyone's pointing fingers and like no one's a saint. So <laughs> it's like what are we really doing here? What's what's getting accomplished? Yeah, it may mean there's certain points where it's like, yeah, you're not wrong, but are you the best? Example of a person to be saying shit like this. I don't know. Pence has a very weird conservative record in uh, politics. He's a very weird individual with uh, how he... (laughs) His relationship with his wife and all that stuff is... uh, Yeah. I'll leave that for another day. Um... But yeah, he homie was talking talking mess about the NBA and and, and Nike too. So I don't know what I wanted to say here when I originally put this in here because it's been a few weeks. All right, let's let's talk about some other stuff. I'm done with, bas- with basketball, man. Uh, welcome back, NBA. Though I'm I'm hyped uh, for this next season. A lot of changes should be a good one. One season that just ended, though, baseball. We're just going to give a tip of the hat to the Washington Nationals for finally bringing it home uh, for the city of D.C. They beat the Astros in seven games, which was actually a pretty entertaining um, amount of storylines, I'd say, that came from the last few games. Game six was pretty crazy. I should say... Uh, I should say, like, I, I mean, maybe not the 
inning to inning game scenarios were I mean I didn't watch all of it but the way it was relayed and the way the recaps and all the highlights that I saw it's just like the storylines were definitely I think the the driving factor in a lot of this because it was like first two games Nationals win on the road they come home they proceed to lose the next three Astros are now up. Go back to Houston for game six. And all hell broke loose in game six because it was prototypical Nationals this playoffs. They got down. Uh, Bregman was feeling himself. His full carried the bat all the way to first base at one point after a home run. And. Yeah, and that uh what you might call Minimade was just going was just rocking. And ballpark was just uh you know, in sense close to getting a World Series. I think they were like got to the sixth inning or the seventh inning and it wasn't looking good. And then the Nationals uh I wanna say Rendon came through and then Soto hit a home run. And Soto took the bat and ran on his ass all the way to first base, too. Did the same shit. And I was like, holy crap. And then that was a game-winning run, too. I think they put on a few more as well, if I'm not mistaken. But they came back in, like, the seventh inning or later for, like, a, like again, like, an elimination. They did it in the wild card game. They did it in the first round against the Dodgers in two games, and then Cardinals didn't show up, but then game six, they did it again. And then game seven, going into that one, it was uh, Granky versus uh, Scherzer. Scherzer didn't know if he was going to be able to pitch because this full house was having neck problems, and then was originally scheduled to pitch game six, couldn't do that. And... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention in Game 6, Dave Martinez got his ass thrown out of the game, first manager since Bobby Cox in 96 to get thrown out of a World Series game. So that shit does not happen that often. And he is completely justified in doing so because they had this kind of BS call. This is what happened. It was like the seventh inning. Uh, They were about to get runners on first and third. Um, Or second and third, I want to say, because there was a, a play where it was like, a bun or a check swing, and the ball bounces in, like down the third baseline or down back to the pitcher. He fields it. Uh, it's kind of I think in front. He's in front of the mound is what happens. The pitcher gets it, fields it, throws it back to first. The way he's throwing it, it the ball comes back towards the runner. So what happens is Yuri Gurriel, who's playing first puts his uh, glove out uh, to, you know, catch the ball. And as he's extending his arm, the runner, which was Adam Eaton, I want to say, or Trey Turner. No, I think it was Trey Turner. Trey Turner who's, who's, uh, you know, sprinting down first baseline, knocks out this glove, ball goes past first base, and the runners advance, right? 
Well, that's what you would think. They called uh, interference on the runner going to first, which was crazy because he wasn't running outside the base pass. He was running on, like, the inside of it, but he was running straight, which is completely justifiable. It's the, the pitcher threw the ball towards him, and then that's what happened. And anyway, they called him out. They moved the runner all the way back to first base, and Martinez was mad. He actually didn't get tossed immediately. He kind of held it in, finished the inning, and then uh, proceeded to lay lay into him. Finished that half inning, I should say. And then and then eventually got booted. So he got booted from game six. But it was back there for game seven. And Grinky versus uh, uh, Scherzer, like I was saying, for all the marbles. Both pitchers actually were doing really well. Scherzer went, I think, six innings. Gave a really good performance. I think gave up two runs, I want to say. But Granky on the other side was unhittable. He was just dealing. Was getting all the weak contact in the world. Fielded the ball. He probably fielded like five or six outs. Just himself on a on weak grounders back to uh back to the mound. He had a few Ks, but was just really locked in. And then in the seventh, he gives up, uh, I want to say, what was it? He gets in the seventh, gets through with, uh, another another out. Gave up like did he did he give up the run before he came out? Anyway, they had Garrett Cole in the in the bullpen warming up a couple times. Decide not to bring him in. I think they were out Peacock in or somebody. And then guess what? Nationals go on a late round. Get on another rally, and they eventually bury the Astros. In seventh games. Pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, a lot of questions being asked in terms of how they managed uh, the game in Game 7. But congrats to Washington, though. I'm happy for Sean Doolittle. I'm happy for Kurt Suzuki, both former athletics, who got some rings. Also, very different responses in terms of how they're celebrating said said championship. Sean Doolittle, a very outspoken person politically and times, and is very been disapproving of the president, so he decided to skip the trip to the White House, which actually happened today, I believe. Suzuki not only attended... He appeared at the podium donning a MAGA cap and getting a weird, very weird from behind, over the shoulder, or under the arm hug, like, touch, groping thing. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> like, Suzuki put the hat on, put his arms up in the air, and and Trump, like, wanted to embrace him, but was, like, behind him. 
And so I was like, I don't know. It was weird. It was going weird. Y'all should see the video. Um, so yeah, that happened. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, there was a number of players who didn't end up showing. Most did though. I'll say that. So yeah, what a what a weird times. Weird fucking times. Uh, yeah, nobody won at home. First time ever, no one won at home in a seven game series. And uh, yeah, the road team won in seven. Wow. So there was a yeah another crazy event in game five. Two chicks end up flashing the uh, cameraman. They were sitting behind home plate, so it got on TV. Garrett Cole actually stepped off the mound when it happened too, which is pretty funny. Like wondering if he was looking over there. It was kind of kind of hard not to. But these two chicks, they got banned for life, for life, for flashing Garrett Cole um, during that uh, his game five performance. Yeah, all MLB, every single ballpark can never go back. I think they're promoting something, so it might honestly be worth it. Whatever. If you got it flown it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I ain't, I ain't the one they be hating on this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't the one. Um, all right. Another, another thing that kind of swung the karma, I guess, in the Nationals' favor. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, the Houston assistant general manager, um, he ended up making some comments about Roberto Suna. After they had clinched to go to the World Series, um, made them in front of some female reporters or female staff members, saying something like, "I'm so glad we got Osuna. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we got Osuna." He was adamant about it, kept repeating it over and over again. And yeah, there was allegations that that occurred. The reason why this is heightened is because. When they acquired him, Roberto Osuna was serving a 75-game suspension. It was, uh, um, um, it was uh, part of the domestic uh, abuse policy that MLB was implementing because there were some reports that he had some uh, spousal abuse against his wife, which is a horrific incident. And this guy's, I think it was Tenenbaum was the guy's name, the assistant general manager, was kind of being of a dick. Kinda, he really was, and just like rubbing it into all the freaking females and shit like that, and just like belittling them. It's like that's fucking unprofessional. So Houston, the Astros initially backed them, saying they, you know, they believe the allegations were false. They reviewed some video and investigated the situation, found out the allegations did, uh, in fact, uh, you know, occur, and they were accurate. So, they shit canned the dude. He's gone. So he got he got fired. And yeah, that's uh, I think an appropriate response in terms of what have hap- what happened. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like seriously. Even if you think that in your head, like why? 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 At that time. Time of joy, time where you're trying to, you know, move forward. Just creating a shitty work environment. You know, it's like, why? Why do that? 
what do you have to gain? Trying to be little people. Some people are just like over the top with that. Mosh is getting the best of you. Not the maybe you little maybe he was on a little bit on the south, I don't know. But who knows? Mm. Crazy. Alright, moving on. Another crazy MLB story. I think this will be the last one. Then we'll talk some football. Damn, we got a lot of shit to kind of brush up on. Uh, MLB umpire Rob Drake. He's tweeting about buying an AR-15 because of Trump's impeachment. Yeah, man. He was basically saying, Democrats are crazy. If they're really going to be pinching Trump, they will leave what it be. Ah, wanted to take away my guns. If you really want to take away my guns, means that I got to protect myself, which means I got to buy guns. So he was tweeting about that stuff, and I think he eventually got some treatment or some law enforcement, local law enforcement might have went and talked to him about it. I don't know. Yeah, that was kind of out there. So, her. Yeah. Mm. Shit, man. I still got a lot to get to. I got some shit to pack. So, we're going to talk football when I get back. I don't know when this will be. I'm going to be going to Vegas tomorrow, man. So, that's what I'm doing. This is going to be a ridiculous episode. This is going to be like a five-parter or some shit. I just want to talk about what happened in football. I have a whole another other other week of uh, week eight and week nine freaking talking points. We had the trade deadline that happened and whole bunch of stuff, whole bunch of stuff. So, <coughs> oh shit, this is great riveting, riveting podcast stuff. I'm gonna take a break. We'll be back. All right, all right. What is going on, folks? I am back. This is. Uh, very, very much delayed. Um, we are jumping, moving forward in the calendar. It is now November the 13th. And yeah, I've been sitting on the audio for this podcast. So um, yeah, man, uh, we're just going to wrap it up right now. Just kind of get you on the outro, all right? Uh, so once again, apologies for the lateness on here. But uh, we're, we're going to go on the next episode, break down a lot of football stuff. And basically everything that kind of happened in the last couple of weeks, and uh, yes, a lot of uh, a lot more. It'll be a football, fighting, and politics episode. All right, we're gonna keep it to those three general uh, politics and world news, more world news, world interest stories. You feel me? We're going to do that shit next episode, but I just got to wrap this one up real quick. All right, so just as always, you can follow us on follow me on Twitter. And Instagram at Puro Caballero. That's P U R O C A B A L L E R O for all you gringos. All right. So uh, you can follow the podcast as a Instagram page uh, at, at the Puro Caballero Show. And yeah, basically follow, subscribe, tune in at on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple. Um, it pretty much, you know, tune in, Stitcher, all the platforms, right? Um, yeah, this has been episode number 66. 
This has been uh, pretty lit. Uh, just like, I guess, these fires has lasted a lot longer than uh, maybe it should have. <laughs> Especially the, let me a little bit more delayed, I should say. In any event, we're going to get you out here with some Ohio players and some fire on some old school funk. This has been episode 66 of the Puro Caballero Show. Thanks for tuning in. Yee!